Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about unity in unleadership. Now, if you're wondering what unleadership is, trust me, you probably experienced it. You ever had a manager, boss, you know, dare I say leader that was unenthusiastic, ungrateful, or maybe even unethical? Well, I'm honored to have a guest interview with Chardelay Learson. Chardelay is a healthcare patient experience leader and trainer. She's a former practice manager at Dignity Health and author of the brand new book, Unleadership, an introspective look at how to lead the uns of the world. Unity Works family, please welcome Chardelais Learson. Chardelais, how are you, friend? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. So I'm so glad you're here. And look, off the bat, just so everyone knows, I call you Char. Is that okay to call you Char? Yes, of course. Actually, I call you Queen Char, but look, before we get started, I, I need to kind of settle a couple of, of little debates we have. And Unity Works family, you can decide who you think the winner is. So Char lives out in Northern California. You all know I live in Florida. So Char and I used to tease a lot about like who has the more dangerous workout path. All right. So look, yes, Char runs and she works out with her husband, you know, and I work out here. So I say if I'm running and an alligator shows up, you know what? I'm a zigzag. I'm fine. But in Northern California, when you're running, mountain lions show up and it's over. Come on, who wins? I feel like I feel like I win only because you you, you have more prevalent issues with alligators. Our mountain lions are really not really coming out often. So I feel like you're in more danger than I am. <laughs> well, there's one more problem with your mountain lions. Um have you noticed this? It's always two people running, right? And one person gets attacked by the mountain lion and the other person pulls their phone out yes. and videotapes the horrific experience. Yes. What's wrong with you Californians? What we do Support your buddy. It's what we do. We, we got to do what we got to do to get the shot. So, you know. That is crazy. The other thing I got to get on you about is... You know, you have the new book, Unleadership, but you also are an un yourself. You're an un Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, you are a yes. Starbucks snob. Yeah. So what's your drink? Tell me your drink. You are so right. I have multiple drinks. Right now it is pumpkin cream cold brew. Um, but if I want something warm, it's probably going to be a pumpkin spice latte. Or, uh, yeah, I'll come home with a pumpkin spice latte for fall, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they don't know. You know, Char and I work together and we'd walk out about a long day and go to a Starbucks and Char would order something. And I am just in awe that she remembers what to say. <laughs> the barista sometimes is like, got it. And sometimes they look like they have no idea what you ordered. So yeah. you're a snob. All right, <laughs> let's get going. Hey, you know, long before your professional life, I think I've asked you before, were you a leader? Did you play sports or in school? Were you a leader early on in your life? Definitely was. Uh, a lot of sporting teams, specifically basketball. So I was captain of that team since 
probably fourth grade. So definitely had some experience in leadership in that way, for sure. Well, we've often said that, you know, you comes a long way and you developed as a great leader over the years, but not because of theory. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's important to read and study, but you actually did it. Like, tell us your history at Dignity Health. You went from being a practice manager of one location to actually covering seven. Is that right? That's right. Yes. So I started out there as a medical office receptionist and just really got involved in leadership and wanted stretch assignments and was really focused on, um, you know, making a change within the organization. And shortly after became a supervisor and then practice manager. And there I was um, leading initially a team of one and then really quickly um, was given the responsibility of seven multidisciplinary units, inpatient and outpatient. And with those units, um, you know, I was working with a lot of challenging, um, just really complex medicines. And so I had a construct of about 170 people in total with physicians and surgeons included in that number. And um, really just was really helpful in um, wanting to change the culture that we had there to inspire people. And that's really what my passion is. And so that was a really good um, springboard for me to where I am now. You know, it's kind of funny that you, you look back on all your experience and you know, it's a two-part question, but the first part is, you know, with the size of Dignity Health, and if folks aren't familiar, it's out in California and it stretches over the entire state. It's just mammoth. What do you think is your biggest challenge while you are Dignity Health? You know, I would definitely say um, changing the, the measuring stick that we use for success, because that's all about perception, right? And kind of environmentally what we've grown up to know what success looks like and really changing what that looks like in our heads so that we can perform at a different level. And so that took a lot of, um, a lot of effort and um, it took a lot of time and convincing and results for people to start using a different ruler for, for measuring success. And once we did that, we were able to perform at a, a much higher level and really improve not only patient outcomes, but human outcomes. And so um, that's something that um, was challenging, but was so rewarding. That's awesome. You know, I often say we have to celebrate the little wins along the way, right? And so with a challenge as big as Dignity Health, and now you're stretched, you know, all across there with different locations, what were you most proud of? You look back on it, you kind of can pat yourself in the back and go, yep, you know what? I'm really proud of that. Yes. Well, I have to say um, I am in the business of hoping to help people identify their highest potential. That's something that I think is missing in leadership. And so I'm most proud of the fact that with such a large construct of people that I was responsible for, I was able to um, influence um, people to do what they were called to do. And um, that was so, so rewarding. I still talk to many of those people today and um, they've just thrived. And so that is probably the thing I'm most proud of touching as many lives as I was able to. That's awesome. So you maybe didn't realize at the time your life's being set up for a different journey and a different style of leadership that were you moving into training. And even though you were training before at Dignity Health, now it's a whole new level. So you have specialized in the patient experience. So how do you think your time as a practice manager helped you to become the trainer that you are today? Oh my gosh, great question. So this is going to sound 
crazy to you, Daryl, but my answer for that has to be that I celebrate failures. And I learned to do that when I was a practice manager. And um, I think I had so many failures that maybe others wouldn't have identified as failures. But for me, it wasn't my best. And so I decided to get real with myself and turn those into, um, you know, how to make it better. And essentially in my role now, as a trainer, I'm looking for people to be incredibly transparent about where they're weakest because that's where I want to change your perception of, of how you perform and who you are and the character you bring as a leader and elevate that. And if I can do that, then I feel like it's the, the optimal training, right? It's to kind of psych yourself out uh, of the things you've already told yourself to rise to the occasion. And that is, that's the piece that's really helped me from becoming, a, from having gone from a practice manager to now being in the role of training so many. I love that. You know, the folks don't know you and listening to you, I'm telling you right now, this is Char to the core. This is kind of how you've always been. And I love that you kind of, you know what? I think it really speaks volumes of you as a leader to look back at your failure and go, you know what? That's going to help me in the future. And I can look back on that and help other people. So I think a lot of people miss the boat on that and don't realize that's kind of an education. So be take advantage of it, right? Yeah. So you have now taken your stories and training and let's talk about your book available now on Amazon. I'll put the link in the description. So everyone listening, you can grab that. It's up right now. What inspired you to write on leadership? Oh my gosh. So this is a book that has been swirling in my head and in every fiber of my being for a long time. I didn't have a name for it, but I knew I wanted to talk about these things. And um, I, I guess a one word answer for you would be transparency. Transparency is what led to the creation of this book. And that's because in the role that I'm in now, I get to travel on a national level and talk to so many leaders. And when I'm initially engaging with them, when they first meet me and they don't necessarily know everything that I'm about, they're really guarded. And I think it gets in the way, it creates a lot of barriers for successful leadership. So oftentimes, I don't think that we have the wrong people in leadership roles. I think we've taught people in leadership it's not okay to be a human. Like You can't have errors. You can't make mistakes. If you do, you better hide it. You can't ask for help. And so with that, I, I really started thinking about the plagues that I um, endured as a practice manager. And I started writing out those, those plagues and came to 10 plagues. And of course, there's more. But with those 10 plagues, I realized that there was a pattern where most leaders I was meeting with that had failed at the transparency part with me initially were dealing with some of those same plagues. They just weren't calling it that. And ultimately what um, creates is it creates burnout. You can never get ahead. You know, you're always feeling like you're not doing well. And so I wanted to call it out, kind of like call the elephant out of the room. I wanted to identify my shortcomings as a leader with those plagues and how I turned it around. And that was really the, the premise of writing that book. It was so important for me to get that out there so leaders can, you know, operate in a way that they, that's the reason they took the job. It's just sometimes we have things in a way that maybe aren't um, as explicit as we would like them to be. Hey, folks, it's a great read. I really, I'm sitting looking at it right now. I really enjoyed this. And I, I like the fact that you actually made it a little shorter. You know, I'm sure with all your experience, this could have been 500 pages. But let's be honest. I think the shorter book, we're going to read it. You know what I mean? That's, that's your whole point. Yeah. And I think it's important. And I love that you share a very relatable story in each chapter. So it's very kind of entertaining. You kind of take us through different scenarios. 
but you also provide a practical exercise. And I want to know, did you actually kind of plan for this book to be like a working manual as well? I did. You know, um, you mentioned how short it was, and you're right. That was intentional because when I meet with leaders, their number one complaint is they don't have time. So I needed to mitigate that by not making this book take up too much time. But also, how many times have we read really great books? And then when somebody says, well, what was the book about? You can tell them. And then they say, well, what now? What do you do now? And my husband is in film, and that's a big deal for him. Anytime he makes a film, he makes sure to incorporate, well, what are they supposed to do after they watch this film? And so I wanted to make sure that there was something tangible that they could take from this, kind of like a workbook, and not only work on themselves and look at themselves from an introspective way, but how could they bring this back to their team, create usability, and really impact their team? And so that's exactly how it was designed. I love the fact that, just I'll give the listeners a little preview. So after each chapter, Shar kind of stops you, big, bold letters go, so what? So basically, what's the learning point of what you just read? Uh, finally, I think there is unity in leadership for sure. We've all been through, you know, good and bad, but specifically with how we navigate the unleadership in our lives. What are your suggestions for whether it be veteran leaders or even brand new emerging leaders just to be a better leader? Yes, that is such a great question. And I'm going to answer it with kind of a crazy answer. Uh, I read a book and it's one of my favorite books. And in the book, the writer talks about kind of losing his footing along the way in leadership. And so what he decided to do was keep crayons in his pocket everywhere he went. And so my answer would be walk around with crayons in your pocket. And the reason why is he needed something to bring him back to his roots as to why he got into the role that he was in in leadership. And so that's my recommendation. And of course, leading with gratitude, which is talked about in my book, there's a gratitude grid that is very helpful I think a grateful leader can always see different different sides of a coin and is a little bit more comfortable in, in what comes with leadership and just show up, right? I think I show up so much for my family and we all do show up for something that we love. But when we come to work for some reason, we take that, that show up hat off and we kind of forget why we're here, especially considering all the things that are thrown at us and it can be, you know, heavy. And so, you know, leading with a grateful heart, remember why you got into this in the beginning and just really staying focused and tenacious um, towards what your goal was when you first took this role. And that's something that I have to do often. I have to remind myself why I'm doing this. Hey, one last thing I got to ask you, and I think it also flows into leadership, meaning finding that joy in your life, things that make you happy. And other than Char being a wife and mom, she also loves to cook, y'all. I'm going to tell you right now, she puts some stuff on social media, and I'm looking at that going, if this has some smell-o-vision, I'd be all up in this. So tell the listeners real fast, like, if you had your go-to dish, and I know you can make many things, but what's Char's like, let me make you this so you can, like, have a great night. What, what would you make for us? Yeah. Okay, so eggplant parmesan. It's completely vegan. It's completely gluten-free. It is the best thing you've ever had in your life. It is so good. It's kid-approved, and it feeds the masses. So that is my go-to, for sure. I, I kind of meant more the dessert stuff. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm oh, talking sure. about this. Look, I like oh. a little eggplant parmesan, kind of. Oh, but man. you make some cakes oh. and cookies and stuff. I'm like, I, I want know. some of those. What would you have for dessert? Okay. Okay, I have one for you, Daryl. I'm just going to bring you back. Okay, so... This is a 
sizzling skillet, apple pie a la mode. Mm-hmm. So imagine the best apple pie, piping hot, inside a cast iron skillet, sizzling when it comes out. It's got like caramelization on top, and then you top it with not vanilla ice cream, Daryl. That would be wrong. You put vanilla bean <laughs> ice cream. Oh, come that on. That is it. <laughs> there you go. So you know what's kind of funny? Uh, the first book I ever bought from you was actually your cookbook. So I'm going to put Char's description of her cookbook in the description as well, along with Unleadership. Char, thank you so much for joining us. You got to come back and see us again, okay? Yes, thank you so much. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to thank Char Learson and be sure to check out her book, Unleadership, on Amazon right now. Please hit subscribe and share with a friend because life works better when we come together. Talk to y'all next week.